Well, 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 I would like to bid you all a good evening and welcome to episode 11 of Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. I am your host, as ever, Captain Goodwill, and I am joined by my wonderful velour-clad host this week, <laughs> Science Officer Sinois. Hello there. I, I, I don't know. I'm dressed like a pimp today, so I'm, <laughs> I'm literally... And I'm using my work laptop, so it, the webcam is absolutely awful, where it keeps going really dark or really light. Literally, the room behind me is lit really well, hmm. but for some reason, the webcam just goes dark, and <laughs> you're like, okay, cool. But oh. yes, I'm dressed like a pimp. I'm uh, out. I'm out. Out after this, so yes. just getting ready earlier. But He's, he's going to the Section 31 uh, party. Um, he's, <laughs> he's he's going to find James C. Kirk and uh, clone him to Zach Brannigan with uh, all the velour in the world. But I do quite like how dodgy I look. Like it's not weird. <laughs> I, although this is probably I know you're wearing a Starfleet uniform, but this is probably the most Star Trek outfit ever. Where they just went like, oh yeah, everyone just looks like space pimps. That's fine. You know that, that that's yes. what everyone looks like on Riser. Yes, I need a new uniform, however, because I, as I've just said to Sinoise before we went live, I am five and a half stone lighter than when I bought this uniform, and it is so goddamn baggy. Um, it is more like a uni tent than a uniform, and there is no form to this. There is just pure bagginess. Um, so I will be picking up a probably a Star Trek Picard uniform in the near future, or one of those cool leather jackets. But Sinoise, we do have quite a lot of people in the chat tonight i would like to say hello to lee sarah peach christopher reed we've got the lovely beth we've got nerdy up north we've got the cult leader himself in in the chat we've had nerdvana comics hi nerdvana we've got the lovely nita from brooklyn new york oh she's watching a <laughs> podcast over here um, well what are all these bastards doing what are yeah, you doing what, what are you what doing are you on expecting? a friday night yeah, go on. Well, you Friday, you've got to go, and, <laughs> go go out like kids your age. Go out tiggle, uh, triple kicking. I don't I don't know what kids do nowadays. Yes, triple kick kicking. A um, <laughs> 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 National kicker triple day. National kicker triple day. But we are here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, because sadly Picard season three is over. It is done with sad face. And why oh, we Larry, wait up there with the angles. Laris is up there with the angles, a princess oh. diet, and number one, the oh. dog. Number, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a great what meme. To Laris? Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> there was a great meme that Sinai sent me earlier on where it's just Laris. Uh, uh, what was it? What was the dog? Poochie the dog from The Simpsons? Yeah. <laughs> it's what Data posted. It was a Data. Yeah, the, Data, data, data post that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just this thing of going, I think this sums up how I feel about it. Like going, I would have loved this character to be used well. She wasn't. So you know, yeah. I don't really care that much. I have to go to Cheltock 4 now. Number one needs me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Nita is so excited. Um, I am so excited as a person. I am doing nothing but baking some homemade sourdough bread. Well. Very fancy, isn't it? I would Kick love a triple then get back to that. Kick a triple, yes. I would, love to, I would love to have you on this podcast, Nita. You are a wonderful human being. <laughs> Of the USS, you were a captain of the USS Galiente, and she is a warrior queen, um, as we all well know. So we we will we will do talks, Nita, and we will have you 
on this well, lovely it. little podcast and ours. Well, what we'll say is obviously, like, let's see what the next episode is. And then we can, well, yes. what we're going to do is we're going to kind of decide what guest we get on, depending on what episode we get, because we know so many people and they all like different series of tracks. So we'll be like, ah, yeah. when we get Enterprise, we can ask them. When we get DS9, we can ask them. It's, it's quite fun. But uh, what episode did we roll this week? The first hmm. time on the Dabo Wheel of Trek. Oh, good God, it wasn't Court of Honor. Thank you. So, it was... <laughs> it wasn't a test, though, where we was... tested the Dabo Wheel. The Shh, first thing that comes up with is Code of Honor. And we were like, no. Okay, no, well, we've got no, no. system now. No, no. Sub Rosa, <laughs> mm, maybe, but not Code of Honor. No, no, no. Um, so... <laughs> So, Sinos, yes, it was uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, Season 6, Episode 26, Descent Part 1. But we thought we can't just watch Part 1 because it'll be on a cliffhanger. So let's watch Yeah, part that'd be weird if, if months later we get back to him. We're like, oh, yeah, remember that episode yeah. a few ages ago? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Uh, oh, my God, what was that? <laughs> That's my tricorder. Yeah. So if you're all naughty, this will pick it up. But <laughs> but yeah. So let's get in to this episode, shall we? Let's get into Descent Part One because it's going to be a little different with it being a two-parter, guys. We're not going to be doing a scene by scene because, good God, we we don't want to be it's here. A lot of scenes. Night. It's a lot of scenes. It is a lot of scenes. They pack them in back in the day, guys. I mean, they did 26 episodes per season. Good God. I I think, though, I think this episode especially, uh, this is the... I think we rolled really well. Like, it's yeah. like when I was re-watching this, I was like, dear God, this is literally like the perfect episode following what happens in the last episode of Trek. Because obviously, the last episode, uh, last few episodes of Trek, we have Data uh, fighting against his brother Law, mm. um, discovering emotions and how he handles them and whatnot. Uh, and then Beverly basically finding her niche and having to sort of get into a command structure and becoming a captain mm. in the end of it. And then in this one, we've literally, and then obviously sort of like the Borg becoming like evolving. And then Descent is all about that. All, like, we literally, we have it all. We have, like, Data discovering he's got emotions. We have it turning out to be a ploy by his brother, Law. Uh, the Borg getting changed into something else. And then we have Beverly Crusher being in command of the fucking Enterprise, which is an amazing scene, because it literally has, like, Picard being like, okay, Geordie, you have to come with us. Oh, Data, you have to come with us. Oh, you know, like, Troy, you'll have to be with us. Oh, Riker, you'll have to be with us. And then just being like, oh... Who will be in charge of the Enterprise? And she's and and Beverly's just like, oh fuck! <laughs> I'm the only one with three pips here. Oh, oh. But it's great though. I think it was. I think because this was very late on in it, because there was only one season after this, and this is like the end of season six and the beginning of the final season of uh, Next Gen. I think this is the one that went where they went. What haven't we done yet? What haven't we seen? And therefore they went, hey, Troy needs to be the captain. Oh, Beverly needs to be the captain. Oh, you know, we need to clear up that loose end and that loose end. And yeah, what a great episode. I watched it like I tried watching it while I was working the other day and then just went, I have to pause it and like do it after work because I was yeah. too enthralled with it. I couldn't casually watch this episode. It was, um, yeah, it was the last of the of the the next gen cliffhangers uh shall we say because i, I don't think yeah. they could topple best of both worlds 
uh, for for mm. in terms of cliffhangers. But this this was a good one and very uh, the double wheel giveth and the double wheel taketh away. But in this instance, <laughs> it it does giveth a Would lot. Would have won next week. <laughs> yeah, it uh, subrosa everyone candles like it does. Uh, this this it's very symbolic to have these two episodes so soon after Star Trek Picard as a whole, because obviously season one, we have Hugh, Mm. we have the Borg. Season two, we have the Borg. Season three, we have Law, the Borg. And and, and just Crusher crushing it um, as a commander and, and, and as someone who will literally destroy anyone in her way. Uh, as we see in Descent. But also, I mean, g- getting into this episode, the opening, the, the, the cold opening, holy shit, I mean, we've got Stephen Hawking uh, straight off the bat, playing poker with Data, Isaac Newton, and Albert goddamn Einstein. <laughs> yeah. It's like what the a perfect way. usage of the holiday. And yeah. it's, so, it's so weird. Like, and, and how much of a dick Isaac Newton is. <laughs> oh, my. Isn't like, I can't just... believe we're playing this silly game. <laughs> yeah, well, an apple fell on your head. So, mm, yeah. <laughs> but so... I, I love that, though, where he's just like, where it's got Isaac Newton being like, I am the grandfather of physics, you know, when that apple landed on my head. And then Stephen Hawkins is like, not a fucking apple again. <laughs> uh, he has such, well, he, he, he... He had such a great sense of humour, uh, Professor Hawking, as as many. Well, people he was a massive test. fucking nerd, like the rest yes. of us. Yes, he he really he really really was, but he had a terrific sense of humour, um, as as evident in in the Big Bang Theory, where uh, he would be speaking to Sheldon. He's like, "Congratulations on your prize," uh-huh. and Sheldon's like, "Yes, well, I've done this," and he's just like, "I was in Star Trek," and it's just like, "Yeah," because <laughs> no one can topple that. But he, I, I always remember with with Professor Hawking. I will never forget someone was interviewing him and what happened was they were talking to him and he remained perfectly still and they thought <laughs> he died like during the interview they thought Professor Hawking had died as they were recording the interview and then when they were going to call an ambulance all they heard was a snigger coming from him because he just pretended <laughs> to be dead for a laugh and I'm like this is the type of humour Hawking had <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's like, I, I think that's the wonderful, wonderful thing. Like, it's a perfect demonstration of, like, um, you know, uh, uh, fighting against, you know, uh, adversary. Like, you know, this idea of, like, you know, he was so sort of, like, fucked up, like, physically and whatnot, yeah. and yet still have, managed to have a sense of humor, still managed to contribute to science, and still managed to be a great person by the signs of it. You know, yeah. I think that's all we can ever hope for. Yeah, he was a really, really hardcore Star Trek fan as well as, you know, if someone, yeah. if if you're if if you're a famous scientist slash nerd, and someone says, "Do you want to come and like guest on Star Trek?" Come on, yeah. you, you do it. I mean, look at guy Whoopi Goldberg, who was a massive Star Trek <laughs> fan, demanded to be on the Next Generation. This famous movie star demanded to be on the Next Generation, and everyone thought at Paramount that she was taking the piss, and she was like, "No, no, <laughs> I'll audition." Yeah. I want to be on this, and I'm like, yeah, good on you. But this, yeah, this this was a great little scene, and I think it's it's a classic scene as well. There's a lot of classic elements um, from Descent Part One and Two that have carried on in in memedom as well, yeah. uh, and you know the the 
the shaking scene on the bridge when they're going through the transwarp hub and they're, they're doing, hang on, I can do it with a laptop, like, they're doing that. And, <laughs> yeah, that's at, it. and then someone's created a meme where they've just stabilised it and it's just literally, like, everything's still and it's just someone just doing that. For no- <laughs> just um, boggling in the background. Yeah, or law holding Geordie's visor up to his, like, what do you think? Yeah. And, uh, but, no, I mean, I mean, the whole premise of this is that there's been random attacks in uh, Federation co- uh, against Federation colonies, um, and they get a distress call from an Oniaka three colony uh, that says mm. they are being attacked by an unknown uh, uh, unknown ship. Enterprise warps in. They see this mysterious, uh, odd-looking ship. They've never never seen mm. it before. Um, they beam down to the outpost. Everyone is dead. But they open up, uh, they open up a door, and there is a bulk drone, and then all hell yeah. just breaks loose. Massive. I, I, I like the idea though that that's the end of the cold opening. Like it's the fact of this was back when the Borg was so terrifying in tech. Like you know, because obviously people complain that Voyager kind of neutered the Borg a little bit by making them, you know, where they're like, oh, it's the Borg. Oh, well, we'll just use nanobots to destroy them, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But like at this point the big reveal, the big, oh my God, that's what the episode's about, is literally just a door sliding and there being a drone there. It doesn't look, it doesn't yeah. move, it doesn't do anything. Just the idea of going, oh shit, the Borg were in this episode. That's the scary part. And it does, and it's very much like next gen. They're terrifying. The Borg are the most frightening thing in the entire world. Like, you know, and yeah, and I, I love that this, you know, it still works on that level where you're like, oh, I totally forgot the Borg were in this episode. You yeah. Know, I will admit, when we spanned the episode, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, I remember that one. I didn't. So <laughs> <laughs> It's like the, the Patrick Stewart meme from, like, uh, Family Guy, where it's just like, ah, acting. <laughs> you thought I was asleep, didn't you? Uh-huh. Acting. <laughs> you know, it's, some of, yeah, some of like, us spent oh. the late 80s and early 90s getting laid. <laughs> yes, you did, Patrick. But, uh, yes, these are deep. These are different Borg, though, in this episode, because these Borg... Uh, they care for their comrades. They they feel emotion. Like when one of the drones gets shot, another drone is like, "You have killed, uh, uh, you will pay uh, for Dave. this." Dave, Dave, the bot, <laughs> Gary the Ferengi. I yeah, know I've not good. mentioned you for a long time, but Gary, we'll get. He'll be there. He'll be there. He might not have been in season three because he would. Gary the Ferengi was one of the bits that they had to remove from season three of Picard because of budget reasons. You oh, know, where they're talking about Harry Kim's promotion, Janeway, yeah. uh, you know, what is it, yeah. uh, Roll Aaron coming back, and Gary the Ferengi. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah, shout out to Gary the Ferengi, uh, the, the Ferengi, Ensign. The Kim. CG was too complicated. Yeah, Ensign Kim, because you've never been promoted. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, but yeah uh, this is. These are different Borg uh, than what we've seen in previous episodes of Next Generation up until that point where they do feel emotion and they 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 just they identify uh, they identify everyone, you know, like human, uh, female, human, artificial life form, name, data. Mm. They all beam out and the crew are just like, Oh, what the what the hell is what the hell is going on? And then we go back to that yeah. gorgeous observ- observation lounge on the Enterprise D, the big D. Hi. And yeah. they just, they, they say that it, it, these are different Borg to, to what? Well, to haven't what we missed the main thing? Because do they go back there? Because isn't this where Data has the fight with them? 
Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, yes, like the whole he, point of the scene. Oh, my but, God, but, yes. Um, where he feels yeah, emotion. But, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's this thing, because obviously what we see, for the people who aren't familiar with the episode, is basically like the Bulger attacking, they're showing emotion. So basically when one of the drones gets killed, the other one goes like, oh, you've killed such and such. And, we, you know, and says I, which is very new for the Borg. Uh, and then basically one of them attacks uh, Data, and Data just, like, grabs it by the throat and, like, mm. uh, starts getting Stop. angry. He starts yelling, Stop it at the drone, getting angrier. Picks it up and then just chucks it against the fucking wall. Yeah. And the hilarious thing is he breaks the set. <laughs> so they he obviously does. couldn't redo this take. But I remember that he throws the, the drone against the wall <laughs> and a panel falls off the wall. And they're like, Oh, fuck, that's the best take we've got. Let's roll with it. Or like, or they'd forgotten the pit stick on the set that day. They were like, oh, we'll fuck it. Do you want to tell Dave um, the Borg he has to be choked out and thrown against the wall again? Yeah, that's it. It's like, that wasn't a stuntman. Dave was just like, can I please just chuck you against the wall? Maybe it was improv. <laughs> hey, Dave. But, All but the rage then, against Rick Berman. <laughs> yeah, that's the crazy thing. And obviously Data's just kind of staring at the Borg, just being like, what the hell was that? Like, you yeah. know. And then obviously the, the other Borg escape. Uh, and then the the Enterprise starts following them, essentially. But then well, yeah, Data the basically, yeah, yeah. And the the worst thing is, this is one of these you wouldn't let them go on holiday at this point. But basically, like Picard's like, oh, um, we could really use Data right about now. But he's decided to put some leave in to deal with these emotions he's feeling. But we basically need to work out stuff about the Borg that only Data would know. And you're like. Uh, I don't, you know, that's that's like yeah. letting someone go on holiday when they're like essential to something at work. You're like, but don't you think this was quintessential eighties where it's just like he's a bit stressed, so he's gone to therapy at this. Yeah, point. that's it. That's the other thing, though. This is the first time we ever see Data in therapy with Troy. Yeah, and obviously because we get that in Picard, but like it's the fact of uh, yeah, we'd never seen it before then. But also, I mean, because the observation scene, they allude that it might be Hugh and it might be a repercussion of what they did to Hugh in season five, where they let him go uh, because he was an individual. Uh, they didn't use the virus that they were going to do, but because he was an individual, they gave him a chance. But then we get to uh, Data and Troy, in th uh, well, Data in yeah. therapy with Troy. <sighs> Shout out to the fact that Data has watched porn to try and feel emotion. I, I've always been like that. I, I've been like that. Um, really? Yeah. But I, no, I, I love the I've idea. I've erotic, erotic images. Oh, data. You're fully functional. We know this. It's, it's like, did it do anything? No. But, no. but I like the idea that basically because, because he expressed this one emotion, which is anger, yeah. uh, and then, you know, Troy's questioning him about like, oh, what it, can you feel other ones? And he's like, I've tried. I've tried doing this, doing this and stuff. And I tried watching porn and it doesn't do anything for me. And, um, you know, and then she just goes, well, how did you feel when you were looking at the Borg drone on the ground? And he's oh, like, yes, I felt pleasure. And you're yes. like, whoa, OK. And it's this horrible thing where Data's like, why am I? Well, Data's saying, basically, I don't want to experience this if all I can experience are the bad ones. And Tori's like, look, you should try and recapture that anger. Yeah. Because if that's the only thing you've got, you should. I don't know what's happened. No, the lighting hasn't changed in the room, but I've suddenly become holy. Nerdy Jesus is great. I'm going to get beamed out. Oh, oh. Gary the Ferengi. Well, <laughs> going to beam me out soon. But yes, yeah, uh, I don't. Have I leveled up? Is that what this is? I'm talking about Trek really passionately, and I've leveled up. 
Um, we are professional you know, YouTubers now, so yes, we, we do have money for artificial lighting, so it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, the one time I didn't bring my bloody um, ring light with me. But yeah, uh, but yeah, so she's saying, look, you should try and experience anger again. If that's the yeah. one that you've experienced, then you shouldn't be fearful of it just because it's the negative. Oh, no, I've leveled down again. Um, uh, just because it's a negative emotion. Uh, I think, though, uh, the scene after this, I think, is brilliant because I think what we get is we get um, bloody the the evil admiral appearing. Oh, no, uh, no, no. It's that that's later? A, that's a couple of scenes uh, after because the next oh, scene okay. is it's Picard in the ready room uh, looking at the logs from Hugh and mm. uh, Riker comes in and he regrets, he sort of regrets letting Hugh go and he says it was the moral thing to do but was it the right thing to do? And then we get the scene where Data's on a holodeck trying to recreate the emotion, where he's just like, oh, stop yeah. it, stop <clears> it. And then he, he tries to convince Geordi to disable the safety protocols because he's like, the only time I felt emotion when I was what is when I felt threatened. And I am not threatened in the holodeck because I know the safety protocols are on, so I know I'm not at risk. Yeah. But before Geordi can make up his mind, we get a distress call from the uh, from another colony, uh, mm. uh, the, the MS-1 colony, uh, that says they're under attack. Picard goes, don't you find it odd that two colonies are under the attack when we're in the vicinity? Basically yeah. alluding later, foreshadowing later on that the whole reason they're doing it is to attract the Enterprise with data on it. But yeah. then we get... See, I didn't pick up on that until like the next episode you go there. Yeah, yeah. because they then go into the... the they follow the, the ship, the, the, the Borg ship, into the Transwarp Hub, and that's where we get the shaking meme from, the yeah. shaking gif. And then... Uh, as they are chasing them, the Borg borged, uh, huh, the Borg board the bridge. Yeah. Use their drones as a subterfuge to escape the Enterprise, yeah. and it's like this is another change in the pattern of the Borg because they leave their dead yeah. behind. Well, dead and partially alive behind. Yeah. So they they take one of the you know they put one of the drones in the brig. Um. And then the 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 interview, no, sorry, Data interviews the 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 alive bog in the you know the, yeah. the still alive bog drawn in the brig, who activates a little thing on their arm, and starts going on yeah. about individuality to to Data, who starts. You can tell Data has changed in this scene where he yeah. starts to act a little bit more emotional, because the drone is luring him to the temptation of individuality. Yeah, and, and and you know, do you want to be part of something greater? And and tempting data, and you you can sense that he's feeling emotion, and you mm. can sense he's trying to be coerced. Well, that's it. But then it's the idea of we find out later. But the bug, that little thing that the bug set up on his arm, is projecting emotions into data, and that's why data starts responding, and he starts actually being like, oh, oh yeah, this is sounding quite, uh, you know, like convincing and whatnot whereas normally he wouldn't but obviously the Borg has the, the drone has some kind of control over him um the what i will do though is i will go back because i think what happened what happens following this this is a lot later than what i was talking about because mm. earlier on uh what is it where we get after uh, what is it after Borg after they've picard's explained himself to Riker. is it niche yeah bloody yeah yes. bloody admiral lachea one of like one of the worst and most annoying characters in the next mm. generation because 
but but it's a wonderful scene because obviously she is basically saying to Picard, "Why did you do what you did?" Because obviously what Picard did in the in the episode with Hugh was basically saying, "Hey, we could implant this drone with a virus that he will go back to the collective." spread the virus to every Borg in the entire fucking galaxy and kill all of them and destroy the entire Borg and neutralize them as a threat. And they could have done that. But then because they saw that he was alive, he was responding, he was individual, they decided to just go, no, actually, we'll just send him back. And then this whole episode is pointing out that that also had consequences. Like yes. the fact that them doing that, it, you know, them... Making him a per giving him a personality and waking him up essentially means that that has infected all of the other Borg with personality. But then Picard, Picard here is trying to explain that to Lechev, and Lechev is just like, "No, you should have you should have done the virus. You should have wiped out." And the Borg. you will and do Picard, it if you get the chance. Yeah, again. Say, yeah. If you yeah. get the chance again, you will do that. And obviously, under duress, he's just like, "Yes, sir." Yeah. You know, in in the most fuck off way, like in terms of going. You go fuck yourself, but I will follow orders, but I'm not happy about it. Can I, but it's can also I, the idea can, of... Can I, can I just interrupt you? I, I would like to oh, give yeah. a shout out to Mark Cartier, who is in the chat. For those that don't know, Mark Cartier is part of the Shuttlepod show, which is Dominic Keaton oh, and wow. Connor yeah. I would like to say hello. Thank you for gracing our little podcast. It is an absolute honour. And I am looking forward to the interview that you had with Jonathan Frakes this week. Yes. That's premiering at 6pm uh, our time uh, in the UK. If you don't know the Shuttlepod show, please give them a follow. Give them a like. It is a tremendous <laughs> podcast. Mark, I want you on our porky little show because I know you're somewhat of a Star Trek fan, and I would love, 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 love to talk to you uh, about... If we get him show. on, I'm going to have to fix my bloody lighting. Yes. We're going to have like to get it. Yes. We're going to have to release... We will have to release Sinoise from Section 31's <laughs> Velour Trap that he's currently oh. in. Look at this gorgeous purple-clad man. He needs to be... There are no rights! There are, there are literally no nice. There's not four, there's not five, there's zero. But no, Mark, absolutely wonderful to see you. I am such a huge fan of your show. Um, please, I, I'm going to message you after this show on Twitter because I so please want to speak to you. Guys, can you get a room? I mean, <laughs> I'm so... Oh, I'm so I, love it, I, love, I love how happy you are. It's, like, no, it's I, wonderful, oh. wonderful to have you, Mark. It's... um. Hey, and I love that you've already chimed in with, uh, what is it, saying the Admiral was, Mark saying the Admiral was correct, he should have squashed the Borg's needs many, the needs of the many. It's very true, but it's this idea where my point in this scene was basically the idea of the Prime Directive, where it's yeah. the idea of going, if the Borg have evolved through Hugh to be a new life form, do yeah. they need to be protected? And it's that whole horrible thing of going, oh, piss, <laughs> you know, you can be good. So yeah. Yeah, it's... You know, it's it's a moral quandary, and it's the whole point of basically, like obviously we get into it further with DS Nine and stuff, which is very much about do what needs to be done, the needs of the many. Whereas in this, it's the idea of just going, you have morality, and then you have Starfleet regulations, and you have 
what's best for other people, and they're not always the same thing. Yes. So it's yeah. It's, it's another case. <laughs> I just wanted to case. bring this scene up because I find it really interesting. Well, no, because Ad- Ad- Admiral Necheyev. Necheyev. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Admiral Necheyev. <laughs> See, a lot of people thought when uh, we saw in episode nine the Enterprise F leaving space, like a lot of people thought, is that Necheyev? And I was like, no. No. I thought it was. I really thought it was Nechev, and I was just like, "Oh, I hope she dies," and then she didn't. She, but she one, had. But, but Nechev again. This goes back to Shaw. She's a dick, but she has a point because the needs of yeah. the many. If you have a chance to take down the one of the Federation's greatest enemies, you do it. You yeah. don't do what you did last time. You do it. Oh, Mark, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, Mark, honestly. That, that's paid for your communicator. That's paid that's, for your... That is, that is paid for the... Tra- Hang on. <laughs> I built that. The, the, I, had to find, I had to run around the house trying to find penny batteries for this. But um, thank you so much, Mark. It, it really does. It really does mean a lot. I, I will message you... Uh, after this and when I've calmed down from fanboying as uh, Paul has just said at Nerdy Up North but but yeah I mean you are absolutely right this 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 is a crucial this is a crucial point in this episode because Nechev is essentially giving him the marching orders that basically you if you have an opportunity to get you will do it there is no if no mm-hmm. if no buts a coconut you will do this but then we get um we go back it's like going back and back to the future oh, going um, back and back oh yeah. my days no no but, but going back, back to the future obviously we've had data inter- interrogating the Borg drone and then we go back to the bridge and then they suddenly get told hey um, you know oh actually no I, I we've totally gone off off this but it's the fact of like they have I, one of my favourite lines in the entire thing is when Borg, uh, data is trying to recreate being angry on the holodeck and Geordie comes in and goes, oh, am I interrupting something? Yes, but it is all right. Oh, <laughs> and I yeah. just love that how, just... how blunt data is. And just, I guess you are. Right, but... but if you walk into the holodeck and you see your best friend being choked out, you're going to have questions. And the first one is, am I interrupting something? Where's yeah, that's Barkley? It, you know. <laughs> because this He's is a, in this the corner, a... not interrupting. Yes, this is a Barkley holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, going 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 back to the future, da, 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 <laughs> we um, data as as they are trying to isolate uh, where this where the bulk ship is and where it could possibly go, they get uh, a sensor blip that one of the shuttles has left Bay Two. It's always Bay Two, never Bay One, the big one, because they never had the budget for the huge hangar deck. <laughs> data takes the smallest shuttle with the best. Um, <laughs> Mark, ha ha ha! Stop, stop, throw. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's a hell of a lot of role playing for data. But yeah, so data and the draw fully functional though, fully functional programming in multiple techniques. Mm. But data takes the smallest shuttle with the cheapest budget to um, escape the Enterprise. Uh, they they go through the transwarp uh, conduit. The Enterprise pursues, um, mm. and they chase him to through the conduit. Through the conduit, yes, and they arrive at this uh, unknown planet where they say there was a few advanced civilizations. Blah, 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 blah. They then make the decision after Riker beams down uh, to basically say, "Well, 
there is a hell of a lot of ground to cover here, you guys. There's too much for just one away party. So Picard mm. makes the decision. And, and, and I want to I want to ask you on this. If you've got a crew of a thousand and the Borg are there and there's a ship hanging about, do you beam everyone down to the planet where they can't escape? <laughs> well, the, this is the thing about Trek, though, and we get it through all of the series. We get it. it it's like a staple. It is a trope of Trek. Like, DS9 is really bad for it in terms of just being like, hey, Chief O'Brien is kind of essential to absolutely everything. Let's get him to pilot, pilot this shuttle prod. Uh, shuttle prod? Do you mean the prod. greatest Starfleet officer the, who ever lived? Yes, that one. <laughs> okay, with, just with The greatest checking. villain as a wife. But, uh, okay, cool. but, no, but it's just this bizarre thing where they just kind of go like, why are you taking like this really important person on a dangerous mission when you could take yeah. anyone else you know like you could have taken like odo's like um one of his deputies or whatever but they're like no 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 let's take major kira for this random thing and obviously it's because they need to be in the show Plot so device. picard makes the decision yeah it's picard's like oh I'll, I'll what will my away team be oh, the most important people on the entire ship <laughs> Hope none of them get killed. But, but yeah, um... but when he's talking to Jordy and he's he's going, we need everyone, and we will leave a skeleton crew uh, to to man the Federation flagship with a uncompromisably difficult Borg ship. And Beverly, like Ralph Wiggins, like I'm a skeleton. <laughs> Sorry to 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 paraphrase the pandemic. I'm essential. The uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the is this the first time we see Crusher take command? Yeah, this is this is. I'm pretty sure this is because it makes a big deal of it. So basically, it kind of has uh, her being like, "So who will command?" The, no, someone being like, "Oh well, if I go, then who will command the ship?" And then it just cuts to Beverly being like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> but it, oh. I think that's great though because we do know that she is trained for it because yeah. in the previous one of the previous episodes where we have Troy trying to pass the captain's exam, uh, you know, like. She goes to Beverly, says, hey, you passed it. Like, you know, how did you manage to do it? And she, you know, and they have a conversation about it. And then we never get to see it. So this is one of these wonderful tying up the loose ends in the final series of going, get a lot let's of it see in this Crusher episode. be a captain. Yeah, we, we do get a lot of it in this episode, like we mentioned earlier, in regards to Hugh, in regards mm. to data and emotion, um, because we do get a, an episode previously with the emotion chip that soon gave yeah. law. And we get Crusher. Tim. And it goes in the finger. Why would you put it in the finger? I don't understand how. But it well, no. Androids work, but it's in the fingernail. You're like, well, well, no. That's that's the control of the emotion. Oh, is chip. it? The emotion chip is oh, in okay. his cortex because, as you see in generations, it bulks up. I mean, from a teeny tiny little penny battery <laughs> to this great yeah. big huge shreddy shreddy, as we call them in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to to go into your noggin. Yeah, it does get a visual upgrade. <laughs> but the the seeing Crusher take command for the first time, again, this is this is a great because we we've we've had Troy take command <clears throat> and to see Crusher, it's like yes. Not... <laughs> Hold on, we need to cut a footage of the the saucer section smashing into the planet. Oh uh, no, no, come on, no. She <laughs> she did redeem herself by Troy space command. She space drifted the Enterprise in a ball cube to beam up the away <laughs> in season ten. Can you space yeah. drift an Enterprise? Because I fucking can't. If it's the finale of season three of Picard, anyone can do anything, seemingly. Yeah, that's 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 true. <laughs> that is, just like, oh, I'm still not you. over that finale. Oh, 
I'm still not. I, 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 yeah. I loved it, but I very much feel it's like the, the luck virus episode of Red Dwarf. Where he's just going like, oh, if only we had this possible component. Oh, here it is. You know, you're like, oh, God. Well, it, was, it was a wonderful finale, but it was very much like going, oh, okay, that's a coincidence that. But Red Dwarf know, is canon. Happened that way. Red Dwarf is I canon, guys. Yes, let's not forget Red Dwarf and the Millennium Falcon yeah. and Red Dwarf is canon. This is one huge yeah. universe of many franchises. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? But but yeah, okay. So basically, we have Beverly uh, there. So she's the one who's going to look after the ship yes. with a skeleton crew. And then the rest of them beam down to the planet. And then we see one of the coolest things ever that only a 90s child will appreciate, uh, which is basically that the actual... where they, they're they basically tracking them through the actual uh, planet. And they're like, oh, well, Data can move this fast, but the Borg drone can't move that fast. So they must yeah. be in this kind of region. And then they find this place. They beam down to see it, and it's the fucking Power Rangers lair from this is, the '90s Power Rangers. Yeah, that, that weird thing. Is it California? Or this something? is this is the uh, the book, uh, the house of the book. In um, it's in Burn Burndies, Burndies, uh, just north of Los Angeles. Now, what they kind of okay. did with this one, and <clears> and I think it was it was fairly canny of them to do this they changed uh i don't know if they changed it visually or changed the angle of the building but they changed it in a way where it didn't look like something that's been in most television shows and it looks slightly mm. different but all the exterior shots were uh done at the at the house of the book in in Burndies in california but this yeah. is yeah like you said this is where because Power Rangers just had one shot. It's just like, you know, when well, you yeah, have they were Australian. establishing shot. Yeah. yeah. And it literally just had this one shot, always from the same angle, I think, of yeah. that building to go, hey, that's where we're going next. But then nothing else. So this is the most we've yeah. ever seen in that building because it's got video of them walking around it. And you're like, oh, cool. It has sides. Great. That's well, when, nice I, when I watched this episode, I didn't think, because obviously I watched it in 4K because <laughs> I'm a big Star Trek Boozy. Boozy, um, you are. Yes, I buy anything. Look, tricorder. I buy anything. <laughs> uh, but no, no. So I was watching it in 4K and I was like, no, they, they must have visually altered it a little bit uh, to, to not look like the House of Book. Paul's just said, did Rita show up? God damn it. If Rita <laughs> turned up in TNG, yes, absolutely. That would well, be the most out. 90s it, thing ever. Why has every drag queen in the world not done a Rita Repulsa look? That should be a fucking drag Sinois, race. Noise, your time has come. Need, literally, we're we're talking. There's a thing. There's an amazing thing happening in August. I think it is that we might yeah. go down to London for, which is called Slay Station, and it's basically a gay drag night all about PlayStation stuff. But the, in August, it's Final Fantasy. So oh, all no. of the drag routines and all the drag performers are going to be Final Fantasy dressed up, <laughs> and people are going. You should totally go as Lulu. Like make a massive like dress out of belts lulu from final fantasy 10 uh, or x and just and i'm going oh that would actually be amazing so it's it's in my head i was gonna do quistis though i was thinking about doing a drag quistis but uh, anyway if, anyway if, if you ever do <laughs> if just just a quick side if you ever do a tv one i urge you i urge you to do keiko o'brien <laughs> the greatest I, I villain that amount of e evil yeah, Miles? for those for those playing the Miles? home game, yeah. Miles. For the, for those playing Miles? the home game, 
Um, me and Sinois <laughs> firmly believe that the the biggest villain of Picard season three, who is yet to be seen and will be seen in Star Trek Legacy, is yeah. Keiko O'Brien, because of the way, well, because. No, Miles, what, else could, what else could do that much damage to the Borg? I know we say maybe it's Voyager and that virus and stuff, but it was Keiko, okay? We don't it's know those botanists. Plants. But, yeah, botanists, nanobotanists. Those nanoplants saying, that they put I'm in every saying, salad. I mean, yeah, so... It, yeah. It, it, that's, what, that's why at the end, <laughs> rather, than that, that, rather than that cue scene, it should have just been, Miles? And that, that oh. should have been like echoing out in the distance. I mean, just really dramatic music. So, so when so when Legacy is commissioned, um, I think we should all go on a massive, massive drive to Paramount and go, Keiko, Keiko, Keiko. Because I just want to hear, like Sinoise has just said, instead of, you know, instead of uh, what Q did in the trailer, where it's like, Mon Capitan, just miles. And then just off in the distance, just go, ah, oh, Jesus. Because yeah, Miles O'Brien, and then it, and then it becomes then it becomes the MS3's chosen versus the uh, Par Wraith fight from uh, DS9, where it's like where it's like Jake and like, but it's like it's Miles O'Brien and Kate. <laughs> Miles would have Miles would have resolved it in three episodes. That's all I'm saying. He'd have pre-planned. He would have full on. He would have full on done that. Oh, what's the crazy episode where Garrett goes evil in DS9? And, Star uh, Trek Keiko, oh. as Marcus said. <laughs> Star Trek Keiko, there we go. That's what it needs to be. Just, just a teaser, just a 15-second teaser of a dartboard. That's all you need. And just, I, boom, I just, boom. Oh, Jesus. Miles. <laughs> I, I, just love, I just love how Miles is just like, you know, where we've gone totally off topic here. But it's like, you know, where they're just going, they're just going, oh, uh, O'Brien, are you okay? Your wife's been gone for like two years now, like in through the wormhole. He's just like, oh, it's awful. All I do is hang around with my mates and get to do what I want to do. Oh, I miss her so. Uh, you know, just... Anyway, this Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I guess we'll just have to get back to the Battle of the Animal. Oh, then. Starfleet well, Corps of Engineers yeah. is much more drunker with Miles O'Brien there, and I just, <laughs> I am there for it. Um, okay, we need to get back and dumping. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, so they, they, find... they get to the yeah. planet, they go to the Power Rangers thing, and then basically they go in, they go into the Power Rangers thing, the, the aye, home aye, of aye, the aye, book, aye, whatever aye. you said it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, fight against, they fight against fucking... What was his name? Oh, what was Alpha. his name, guys? Alpha, yes, yeah, Alpha. Alpha. Yeah, they, yes. They, they beat Alpha up, who's the ultimate board. Just a quick uh, aside, basically... going, going back to Picard, Zordon, <laughs> the floating head. Yeah. Are they intertwined? Is Star Trek and Power Rangers intertwined? Ooh. Ooh. And then Red Dwarf's involved in it as well. Um, <laughs> Three million years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they go in and then they find the place deserted, but then they actually discover that it's not deserted. There's like dampening fields that none of their scanners will work. Uh, and then the Borg come out and then they're suddenly swarmed by Borg. And this, considering how terrifying the Borg are, like we were saying earlier, yeah. You're just like, whoa, they are dead. Like, there is no way that anyone could get out of this situation. And then, obviously, the Borg surround yeah. them. And then we get to see why they are acting the way they are. Well, before we get to that, yeah, be- before okay. we get to that, can we give a, a, a massive thumbs up to Westmore and all the makeup team for putting so many goddamn people in Borg uh, costumes? <laughs> because Alice, Alice Creed... That was, I believe, that was a six, three to six hour fitting for one. How, yeah. how long would it take to do an entire army of, of how, Borg makeup? 
how many like microphone wires and like you know egg cup boxes went into this amount of costs you and casio lcd watches yeah that's it how much of a but it is, it is actually quite frightening because obviously nowadays we have it like in Picard where we just go like, oh yeah, they just use CG to replicate the ships or something. Or the Lord of the Rings where they just went, oh, we just use computers to replicate everything. No, no, they literally just got like, how many? Like 50 people? 50 I would say on Borg. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Well, I just feel sorry yeah. that if there was only a couple of them doing the makeup, then the other guys must have just been like, oh, I guess I just sit as a Borg for 10 hours then. Oh, <laughs> With this was... thing in my bloody eye, you know. It was also, uh, and re-watching it last night, it was also, it brought back, and you're going to laugh at this, Robin Hood Men in Tights, where all the knights run in to the the uh, the, the the dining hall, and they're all running yeah. in in the chastity armor, and I was just like, because all you hear is the noise, like, and I was just like, okay, where's Robin Hood? Where is the pig? Because I just got <laughs> so many things. But yeah, like you said, we do get the big reveal at the cliffhanger of this episode of law in his really weird and i want to say furry flock tron armor (laughs) i don't know this is probably the this is like the closest he gets it is proper tron armor but it's the closest we get to like the 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 new trek like the new trek outfits where for some reason everything's leather you know in the movies where they could suddenly afford oh now come on they just went okay everyone's got leather shoulder pads on come on please don't say you wouldn't want one of those picard jackets because oh no, I would, I would. My, mine's, mine's in the basket at the moment, guys, but I've got no money. <laughs> so if you want to see me in a Picard leather jacket, please donate in the chat below. Anyway, no, but uh, no. <laughs> that's what Mark's donating for. Mark's donating for the goodwill. Like, see goodwill in uh, leather. Oh no, no. Um, anyway, no, no, <clears throat> moving on. Um, Sinos is in Valua. That's enough, guys. But uh, yeah, we do get the... Uh, the <laughs> we, do, <laughs> we do get the big reveal of law. Um, and we see and it's a lovely panning up shot oh it is it is he has the higher (laughs) ground yeah Um, that's it Obi-Wan soon soon Obi Uh, that's it but it's basically but we don't see Data here because what happens is that we basically have it have it where we see uh, doing that and then it cuts to them and they're like and then Picard's like law and then the episode ends no no we see Data we, we see we? Data, yes, because we see Data and he's like, the Soon Brothers will destroy the Federation. It's like, do, 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 and it goes, you know. Yeah. Like... But how good is that? Like, you know, this is the crazy thing. We're, we're streaming it now and we can just go on to the next episode. But imagine being like, oh, fuck, they're surrounded by Borg. Fucking lore is there. Like, you know, because he is such a wild card and Data's turned traitor, seemingly, or something's happened to Data, who is the person who would usually get them out of problems like this, situations like this. And what a cliffhanger that would be, you know, back in the day. Well, in 1993... Four? Four, 1993, this one. Yeah, because obviously it was a short week. There's nothing on demand. Um, yeah, it is a bit of a cliffhanger where you go, oh, it's Law and it's Data and it's the end of the Federation. Da, 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 da. And it's like, you've got to wait three to four months. Or in the case of the in the case of us poor Brits, three to four years because we were <laughs> so goddamn behind. Uh, thank you, BBC. <sighs> well, what, what happened is they had, to, they had to post every frame over to the UK separately by carrier. I think, I think and it though, took they... a very long time to collect that many pigeons together to put an episode back together. I think they were subliminally, uh, sub, subliminally punishing me 
um, in the past because they knew I would work for them in the future. Um, so they're like, ah, he, he shall be ours, but as a youngling, we shall punish him by delaying everything <laughs> by five years. So everything's spoiled <laughs> for him. Ah, license free. But evil plans. Yeah. Yeah, um, Christopher in the chat is uh, naming the the donations the Goodwill Leather Fund. Please don't call it the Goodwill Leather Fund. Um, it's the Goodwill Leather Fund. That's no, what it is. No, no. My mother and father watch this, uh, and I they are going to be watching this live. Please don't call it the Leather Fund. Mark okay, Hartier. okay. The Goodwill, the Goodwill Kinky Leather Fund. I fixed oh, it. Oh God damn it! You Valua Hi, Goodwills. Uh, hi, yeah, the Goodwills. Hi. Uh, sounds like a really naff sitcom, doesn't it? The Goodwills. Uh, Mark said he got to try on one of the uh, leather jackets from Picard. Did you get to wear? Wow. Did you get to wear Jonathan Frakes's jacket? And how many people did it take to take that jacket off you? Because I was never <laughs> all of those Borg. Yeah, all those Borg. It took. Is that a USS Cerritos behind you? Yes, it is. I, I, this. You see this cyanide. This porky little ship here. Yeah. This is That's worth more. Oh, it's this, all porky. It's like it's a tiny a little ship. It is a Saritos. Oh. It is worth more than gold. It is worth more than gold. Wow. I, I... Hold on. Is it worth more than gold press Latinum? No, nothing's worth more than gold press Okay, uh, right, Latinum. Right. He, uh, this, this was released last year. Obviously, Star Trek Lower Decks, USS Saritos. This was released last year as the company Eagle Moss went bust. So they only fulfilled a handful of pre-orders. I was one of them. Oh, I, have received, I have received offers upwards of $600 to part with this. And I'm like, no, no, no. I ain't selling this. <laughs> but yes, that is the Cerritos. And then this one here. Where's my finger? There it is. This one here is the USS Pegasus. This is Riker's old ship mm. uh, from the season seven episode. Um, if someone can name the episode, this is the one that cloaked and it got stuck in the asteroid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, oh, what is it? If someone in oh, the that's chat... with, what's his name? The Another evil admiral. Another bad admiral. There's always bad admirals. Uh, look at you. But yes, I, I do consider myself to be extremely lucky. Um, but I'm not selling it. So so don't try. Uh, so just, is... just to go over what we've just established, we have the Goodwill Lever Fund and Goodwill's getting offers from strangers on the internet. So, well, well. Speaking of that, uh, Nita says I speak from experience. I, uh, it was so I was so hard to wait at the same time. Exciting and to see the second part. Oh, so Nita's referring to because obviously Nita watched this uh, firsthand in America because these lucky ducklings mm. over there got to see them as they were broadcasting. So, you know, not the BBC. Uh, so yeah, I mean, best of both worlds must have killed you because that was one of the most yeah. talked about cliffhangers of the nineties. Uh, Christopher is just laughing at the leather fund, please. Christopher also says, <laughs> hi, hi, Goodwill's parents. Has Goodwill always had an affinity for leather? <laughs> so anyway, oh, Mark says... Moving swiftly on. Just uh, part two. It, oh, yes, it was the catalyst for where no man's gone before for Enterprise season four. We don't talk mm. about that episode. <laughs> Although I know... I know Connor's not that bothered, and I know I don't think Dominic's that bothered either. But I mean, hey, I like Faith of the Heart, so I don't, I don't care. Well, yeah, it's one of these things. It's like I think there's wonderful things about uh, Enterprise. It's just it was a very, it was a very producer-led show, and it just feels a bit awkward because of it. <laughs> but anyway, I... we'll we'll get yeah. on to. We can talk about all this if we spin an Enterprise episode. 
Um, we will. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, it's got to be. Ev- eventually, yeah. yes. Eventually, yes. Uh, so well, the fact is, that, and then and Descent Part Two though yes. is, I think this is one of the scariest episodes of Trek. Not because of like darkness or stuff like that, but it's the yeah. Basically, we we have it where because we're probably running out of time because we've been chatting too much. But it's the idea of basically the scariest thing about this is seeing data without emotion like you know like uh, yes. well led by because what's happening is law is only giving data the bad emotions so he's controlling yes. him by only giving him anger only giving he's him transmitting anger, only it giving him, yeah yeah and he's transmitting it through his finger control panel thing i don't know how that works um but the idea of how how scary it is seeing data be totally like this cold merciless scientist like you know and it's awful because basically he's his best friend in the whole world is geordie and then he starts experimenting on him because what uh, law's yeah. ultimate plan is is to create a new race of purely androids so he mm. wants to turn the borg into pure androids by getting rid of all of their biology but in order to do that he needs to turn like the human brain into a mechanical brain so basically transmit all of the thoughts over to a metal equivalent and they, they've tried it on loads of Borg, but they've killed all of them, and it hasn't worked. So basically, now uh, he wants Data to try it on real humans. So it's a proper Mengler episode. It's a proper horrible concept, this. It and is. then you've got it where basically Geordie yeah. is basically like, you know, like that that, that scene is gives me chills because it's so horrible, where basically Data's like, okay, I'm just turning off your pain receptors now, and then we're going oh, to... Oh, when he nails it into his head... Yeah, he's, so he so turns cold. off his pain receptions. He like he just like injects him in his head, kind of thing. And he's like, "Okay, cool. What we're gonna do is we're going to uh, what is it? We're, so you can't feel anything now. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna put this mechanical. We're gonna put this. They're gonna uh, inject these your head. Yeah, that'll grow, like nanobots that'll basically grow a neural net in your head. And yeah. then what we'll do is if that works. If that starts working, then what we'll do is we'll inject something else to kill off all of your actual brain cells. And then if the net works, yay. If not, well, just spin you. <laughs> you know, and well, yeah, it's, because he has done be this before. This scary. Yeah. He, yeah, they he, don't know what's going to happen. He he has done this before. I and mean, this, oh, okay. this is all a while where, where Troy can sense emotions from data as, as yeah. well. Uh, and another flashback to episode 10 of Picard season three. <laughs> I'm sensing joy. But all the while, we get Crusher crushing it on the bridge where she just, she's been ordered by Picard to, to run for Federation space, a massive fleet, come back. She disregards mm. these orders because there are still 40, there are still people left behind on the planet. I believe it's 79. So she yeah. runs back, you know, they, they, they high warp it back to uh, the planet and they beam up 47 47 in Star Trek, if no one knows, is the number. We have it everywhere. I've got Relay Station 47 on my shelf. 47 is on nearly every Elkar's console. Voyager, mm. uh, Voyager's registration, 74, is a reverse of 47. Nearly, I mean, yeah. Defiant, it's the same, <clears throat> 74. We've got, oh, hey, Joe from Spectrum Sanctorum in the chat. Hi, hey, Joe. You. Hey, we've got all the New Yorkers in here today. Hey, hey. <laughs> Sorry for Why did that sound like Dracula? Bro. I'm from New York. Uh, uh, uh. I want to suck Star Trek joy into your <laughs> life. 
But uh, the back to the leather. Back to the leather. <laughs> but she said she's they're able to save. Um, they're able to save a number of people, and forty-seven are left behind. Um, and then we go back uh, to, to also. Data. I just want to say that because we're probably not going to be able to do this in the actual order it happens in. But I think one of my favourite things about this episode is seeing a Beverly's command style. Uh, but also, like, it, the wonderful thing we had in season three of Picard is how much we started liking the crew of the Titan. So we had all of these wonderful ensigns and, like, you know, we had it where, like, we had Sydney like, driver, you know, as the pilot. And we had, like, you know, the Bajoran. We had the Bajoran. We had the, was it Romulan or Vulcan? The bold, was it bold Vulcan? Uh, Tavreen was a Vulcan. Yeah. But, yeah, but basically we have all these characters and we slowly get to know them. And the wonderful thing about the series was, like, that the crew were a part of it. And that these lowly sort of bridge officers and stuff, we got to learn about them. And then in this episode, because the rest of the crew and all the people we know are on the planet, we have it where Crusher is basically training these new ensigns. And they don't know what they're doing. They're going, hey, I, I, I don't know how to do what this and stuff. And Crusher's got faith in them. And you... I don't know, it's it's this one and the other episode of season seven, which is the one where it's talking about where you know it's like the lower decks people. Lower decks. It's basically that is it called Lower Decks? Lower Decks, that's what oh. Star Trek Lower Decks is named after. The uh, season no, seven no, but... episode Lower Decks. Oh yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. But it's that idea where you get to see a bit more of the spectrum. And I also love it that Beverly is um refers to them by name. Like whereas Picard tends yes. to do it by rank. He calls it ensign, lieutenant, you know, commander. Uh, this was very instead, this like... was very Kirk I I, I found because yeah. uh, Kirk did this a lot in the original series and the movies you know it was Sulu it was Chekhov it was Spock it was Scotty uh, he never called them commander lieutenant or anything like that only when it was in a super pissed off official capacity mm. we were like commander you're out of line well, like, like, like using like, someone's full name yeah Kith <laughs> oh, no, sorry, sorry wrong, wrong wrong Kirk um, yeah. but but yeah I mean. To do that and, and to give the ensign, um, because they uh, they do <laughs> Crusher again, crushing it with photon torpedoes and a goddamn spread. We then get to see Lieutenant Barnaby, who I thought was a bit of a tit when he came onto the bridge, because he comes on with this stunning quaff, prime <laughs> 90s quaff, and he's like, hello, I'm Lieutenant Barnaby. I'm the tactical off. I shall be relieving you now. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say that, but he's like, he did not have that much shoulder movement in. This oh, is he your, did. Good, oh, goodwill he did. on the runway. <laughs> the pads, the shoulder pads were there. It's like, hello, this is my concept. Beep boop bop. <laughs> but they did. They they essentially they can't out. They, they can outrun the ship, but not for long. And they can't fight the ship, so they decide. Crusher goes, let's just fly into the sun because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's Crusher, okay. and everyone just like. <laughs> no, no, but, but I do like the idea that this was foreshadowed because I thought that this was a bit from left field. But then I remember the episode where, you know, the murder conspiracy where the friendly doctor gets killed uh, and he's testing out like these, what's it called? Um, thermo, you know, the thermal plating uh, for the ship, mm, where yes. basically it has the episode where they actually test it out and they go, whoa, you can fly into a sun with this stuff. Yes. And for yes. some reason he is murdered and the whole thing is basically a whodunit. <laughs> But then in this episode, it's like going, oh, yeah, Geordie was actually working on putting that, like, coating the entire ship in that. And uh, and then she's just like, is that actually active? And they're like, it is, the but it hasn't been tested. She's like, there we go. And then she's just like, go on, then. Let's just put everyone at risk. But 
See, this, this, is, this is Crusher. This is Crusher crushing it. Imagine if it hadn't worked, though. You know, Picard's just like, oh, well, we sort that out the Borg now. Time to go back to the Enterprise. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, Crusher flew it into the sun and everyone died. But Riker, <laughs> but Riker and Worf get ambushed by uh, some Borg drones and then get taken to uh, a little cave where we meet Hugh, who refuses yeah. to help them because he is quite rightfully pissed that he was he was just thrown to the wolves. He was disconnected yeah. from the hive. He couldn't go back to the hive. He didn't know what he did. So again, the repercussions of what they did in the past are coming back to bite them in the ass. So, and that's the thing, and them thinking that they did it from a moral reason, where they did the kindest thing to him, or like the kindest thing for him, ended up actually ruining his life in a bizarre way. Yeah. Obviously killing yeah. him would have probably been bad, but you know. It's... Well, well, yeah, but it, he refuses to help them, but he will point them in the direction of a tunnel that will allow them to go into the, the structure. So, you know, the Enterprise flies into the sun, because why not? the uh the metaphasic shield starts to to falter but then they they do a bit of beep boop bap we we do love a bit of trekno babble as i like to call it <laughs> but the ensign who knows nothing goes well i can trigger a, a solar flare uh, and i can pinpoint it to hit the ship and lieutenant barnaby aka yellow tit as i will call him he's like Yellow oh, you can't do, you can't trust this. This is an ensign. This is a paper. This is a study. She's like, just trust well, me. I, I like the idea, though, that this has this has this wonderful joke because earlier on, basically, Crusher asks him, hey, um, how do you know this will work? And he's like, I'm sure. Um, you know, like, uh, oh, what is it? He, he, say, he says this amazing line, which is basically sort of like, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I'll just have to check my figures again. I'll just have to make sure yeah. that my figures are right or something. And then we get a call back to it here where he's questioning the ensign and then she basically puts it back in his face being like, well, I'll just have to make sure my figures are right. And I love this little back and forth. Like, this wonderful thing of these are new characters that we've only yeah. had this episode in a subplot yeah. and get you so endeared by them. And I'm sure the actress who plays the en ensign, isn't she like an actual fan? Isn't she actually yes. like... Isn't it? Isn't the story behind that like she was some kind of like she's a sports person or something? Yes. And then she just went, "Hey, can I be on Star Trek?" And they were like, "Yeah, go on." And then gave her this wonderful role. That's, I think that's what I love. That's what I love about Star Trek, where it's just like I mean, they've given they've they, they've obviously given astronauts um, guest roles. They've had. I mean, what are they? What What are they? Uh, astronauts. They, yeah, but yeah, she she was a famous sporting figure uh, in the nineties, and she she got given this guest role. But she she quite rightly bosses it because she triggers a solar flare that obliterates it, and then we see Barnaby go, huh, "It worked! Uh, it worked! Good show!" <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Come on, bring it I in, Barnaby!" Like the wonderful characterization of these characters that are only in this one episode. It's brilliant. Yeah. So we go back to. Uh, <laughs> House of the Book, as I'm good. I'm just gonna House of the Book, a Power Rangers layer. We're going to call yeah. it. Um, so the Enterprise D rushes back to Salem. Um, Picard, uh, they they set a trap for a Borg drone. Picard gets a device. Uh, they do a little bit of fiddling because Jordy's returned. Jordy's being tortured, which is awful. He's got no visor. This is the awful thing, though, where they literally they hatch an escape plan where they manage to disable the Borg drone, get the thing off it, and then when they immediately go to try and escape, Data's there with Geordi. And you're like, oh, 
if it had been five minutes earlier, yeah. you would have gotten away. But then, yeah. And but obviously, then... Data's like, oh, I know how you're trying to escape. And they they can't do that again. You know? Yeah. So this all leads up to uh, a great big showdown because uh, Riker Wharf uh, sneak in. Uh, Card, Geordie. With Hugh. With Hugh. With Hugh. Um, they all meet in the, the center of the Power Rangers layer. <laughs> and they confront uh, they confront law so it's the age old standoff of if you are loyal to me you have to kill your captain yeah data won't because obviously the signal is not affecting him affecting him as much he refuses to kill him so data well goes, well what happened no well, what's happened we've missed a bit out which is basically that happened. picard while while picard is in the jail cell he, Geordie has explained to him, because he can't see anymore because he doesn't Quite have right. his visor, he's explained mm. to him how to create something that will create, a, I forgot what it's called, but it's a Dakin pulse or something. I don't know. It is. Uh, but, and what that'll do is if Data is hit by that, it'll make his systems reset, which might make him reconsider the emotions. So it might Kadian make him pulse. go, oh, actually, Kadian pulse. That'll make him go like, oh, actually, hang on. And so that's what they do. And that allows basically data to start questioning things and be like, because what happens is it hits data and then data is torturing Geordie and he's like, okay, time to kill you now. And then they, and then Geordie's like, no, think about the good times that we had. And if you do this, it'll totally kill me and stuff. Are you absolutely sure you want to do this? And then data's like, Hmm, maybe I do need to check some, uh, uh, some variables. Okay. Yeah. We'll do this tomorrow then and puts it off. You know, and it's this idea of it's obviously has affected him. It has made him start thinking straight again. And then they go back to the uh, the cell and then the rest happens. But, you know, that's, I just thought that was important. Yes, yes, it, it is very important. I mean, like I said, there's a lot for us guys to go through uh, these two episodes in, in the time that we have for this episode. Oh, no, Sinoise has been beamed away. The Valour! i the bloody lion! Ah! The Valour! My eyes it just got way too dark. Oh, oh. but yeah, I, I, I'm so... one with the prophets now. I'm one with the prophets because we also get a great exchange between Law and Data where uh, Law senses the doubt. He he toggles the emotion in his little middle finger, uh, and he goes, "Do you want this emotion? Do you want this emotion? Yes, you want this emotion." And he toggles yeah. it back and goes to the drones. He thinks, "I don't think my brother wants to be with us anymore. Deal with him." Um, yeah, and that's it. Like he convinced, it and it shows the wonderful. It, it's a wonderful send off for Law this episode, where it basically shows just how devious Law is. Like the fact of you know, like Data doesn't really have that sort of human interaction, whereas Law has it, where he's talking to the drones, being like, "Oh no, you're totally essential, and we need you for this," and he doesn't give a shit. And then he's saying to her, like Data, like, "Oh, you know, like do this for me. Do are we a team? Cool." And then immediately just goes, "Okay, we need to kill Data." It's and then sets oh, up the you were talking about there. Oh, oh law, that's law. <laughs> but but it all, it, I mean, it it all does because I am conscious. <laughs> sorry, Mark. I'm no, no. Mark. Sorry, Mark. Like... Sorry. Um, I'm one with the prophets. So it all builds up to um, Picard, Data, Troy, Jordy, all escaping. This, you know, like I said, the standoff of you must kill Picard. Data refuses. So Law goes, well, I'm just going to kill you. You know, I'm going to kill my brother. Hugh does the, the bodyguard, jumps in to uh, save Data. Firefight yeah. ensues. Law does a runner. Data goes after him. 
and we see. I love that. As soon as as soon as we get into the fucking Borgoth, and all of the Borgs start like attacking each other, Law's like, "Um, that's my exit." You know, it's like we've seen yeah. it every like throughout like Trek forever. Like Gilda Cat does it all the time. Just like, okay, time to go. You know. Yeah, they've always got escape shuttles. Um, even in Power <laughs> Rangers Lair, they've got a they've got a, an, an escape shuttle. But Law again, the slimy little weasel that he is. Basically said, I've got this escape shuttle. You could join me. You know, I, you can join me if you want. Join me and we can rule the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, sorry, wrong franchise. But <laughs> Data refuses. Law lunges. We get a bloody terrific jolt back phaser shot where, yeah. I mean, the stunt actor who did that, that must have hurt his diaphragm to land on a chair the way he landed you know, yeah. peck and groin first on this chair. Data goes over and we, we get... For me, this was a creepy scene when I watched it as a kid uh, where Data's going to deactivate. He was like, you must be deactivated now. And he's like, I love you, brother. And he's like, goodbye, law. And when he deactivates him, the pupils disappear. Oh, oh. it's yeah. very creepy. It's that it. And, and then that's it. This is the last we see of law until Picard season three, isn't it? Because he's disassembled. And, yeah. uh, and, 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 and and it's a scary thing of just going, this is the episode we get that Picard literally just continues from. It was such yeah. a good role for this week, I think. Yeah, but we do get one, because uh, obviously Hugh and the Borg, they go their own way. They, you know, they, they're starting their own collective, shall we say. Ha ha Oh no. What's happened with my bloody room again? It's just decided, the lighting hasn't changed, but the camera's decided no. You are just Section a red 31, guys. Michelle Yeoh is, is in the background. and Oh, there he goes. <gasps> the prophets. The prophets are behind oh. you. Is that Ben Sisko I right. see behind you? The, the power is strong in this one. Oh, oh, hello, my child. Sorry. Oh, um, God. No, don't. let's not mention Kai Wynn. <laughs> Psychotic no, I'm, X's, everyone. I'm, I'm getting hard. I'm getting hard. Let's not mention Kai No, no, yeah. no. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, so, yeah, we, we do get a... The, Hugh and the Borg go on the separate way. We do get a lovely exchange between Geordi and Data back in Data's quarters because uh, Data is looking at the emotion chip and he's going to destroy it. And Data goes, no. Absolutely, you know, don't because you you will regret this in the, the future. Geordi says no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you will regret this in the future and in, and in time you can learn to handle these emotions and feel other emotions and, and develop, which, you know, in generations, we do see a continuation uh, of that. He does feel, although he can't feel, he feels guilty for what he did to Jordan, mm -hmm. which without the emotion chip just shows he still feels in, in, in his own unique way. He, he still <laughs> feels. Um, Mark Probably just being like hashtag hard for Kai. <laughs> You see, Mark, I would love that on a T-shirt, but what you don't know, my ex is called Kynwin. I really don't want to be going around saying I've got a hard-on for Kai. People are going to talk. However, though, <laughs> if you do stump up, if people do stump up for a Star Trek Picard leather jacket, I'll be able to hide that T-shirt. Just 82 English pounds, guys. Oh, you see that little plug there. But no, it, it ends, it does end on... This rather touching, uh, this touching to and from between two best friends about how they... Okay, you've been graced again. The prophets are there. I know, sorry. Goddamn Paris. It. It's so annoying. Light. This laptop, this light. Ugh. Yeah, but on the on the whole, though, this was a great episode to, to for the dabble wheel of episodes 
to to land on and i i thoroughly enjoyed this two-parter uh really strong episode it's next generation yes there are bad episodes but god damn what, what an episode what an this episode. is not these are not one of like these are not those bad episodes like it's the sort of thing if it does have bad episodes but like it has punchy amazing episodes like this where every character is used well like like even wolf because wolf doesn't really do anything in the second part but mm. then he has some zingers in the the first part so it's kind of they kind of balance it out they went hey crusher's not really doing anything in the first one but then she's essential in the second part yeah. and you know vice versa and it's that I'm wonderful essential. thing of <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm essential but uh no i i absolutely i absolutely adored this and it was wonderful watching it again the problem i found though with this that i didn't expect for the dabble wheel of trek is the fact of now i just want to watch more next gen and i'm just like oh and i, and I was like no no no, let's wait and see what the next episode is and what's that but well, before... it didn't make me just want to start next gen and just watch it all again well we'll be well before we get to the dabble wheel uh we've got a couple of more comments just uh uh, that I will point out. Mark says, I, I was always sad about Data getting emotion. I love the journey, but not the emotion chip. Fair yeah. enough, it was a bit of comedy. Uh, Nerdy Up North, <laughs> our cult leader, Paul. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for you uh, to do the movies. I, I'm going to jump on to the movies. Depends which movie, because um, if you are not nice to me, you will get uh, The Final Frontier, Star Trek V. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Mark also says, Picard's saying, there are times I envy you, Mr. Data, and first contact was precisely it. He wants emotions. We want to be able to sometimes not... He wants emotions, but wants to be able to sometimes not have them. To be brave and strong and fast like Data, yes. I mean, that, that line in first contact was very poignant, very subtle, very poignant. Uh, yeah. He just disables it, and he's going, sometimes Data, um, I envy you. Beth also says, are you going to get Sir Patrick Stewart's book? Yes, I am, but I will. I'm, it's in October, it's released, so by that yeah. time I might have free time because at the moment I do nothing but work. However, Sinois, <laughs> I'm getting. Time? Oh, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm reading something. <laughs> I'm reading something, Captain. Wait a minute. I'm the captain. I'm reading something. <laughs> My £10 tricorder is saying that we are getting an incoming transmission. Yay! Incoming transmission. Oh my god. Oh my <laughs> days. It's the double wheel. It's the we've suddenly been trans transported to, to Quark's Bar and DS9. There's there is a liter. Hello. <laughs> there is Hello, one. Liter. Moogie. <laughs> Moogie. Moogie. I'm essential. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um go Niners. That's all I'm going to say. Ladies Although you need to tell me, I, I won't be able to see when, so you need to point, well, I will point tell to you. me when we need to yell. Okay. Oh, I will tell you. If I scream, you know it's Code of Honor. I will tell you. <laughs> For those that uh, have not seen this new addition to our poker little show, this is the Dabble Wheel of Excellence. It's right down... Where is it? Somewhere. There. There we go. It's right down Somewhere. there. Somewhere. There we go. Yeah, so it's right down there. It's to your right. There. We... Oh, brilliant. You're looking yeah. at it. This is the double wheel of episodes. In it, the lovely Sinoise has programmed every Star Trek episode, bar a few series, because we in the Prime started, Universe. In the Prime Universe, well, there was only movies <laughs> in the Kelvin verse, God, I, but it has every Star Trek episode known to man. And by the laws of Dabble, we will spin it, and whatever it lands on, no matter how horrific, we will have to review it next week. Code of Honor. Code of Honor. 
Are you ready? <laughs> Go to water. Okay. Here we go. Yep. Spin that wheel. Oh no. Oh. Okay. So next week we will be reviewing. Hold on. The... We didn't yell Dabo. Oh, Dabo. 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 <laughs> we need to get better at this. We do. We do. <laughs> adequateness adequateness is what makes us popular i'm fading away actually i'm fading away <laughs> next week ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we will be reviewing star trek the next generations episode ship in a bottle whoa so we are keeping it going we are keeping it yeah, going back to next gen Yes, we are going back to next gen we will be reviewing ship in a bottle from star trek the next generation Oh, thank God it's not a quarter of honour and sub Rosa. <laughs> oh, he's so close. So or oh, the close. one with the salamanders. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> um, but yes, that is it for our review of Descent Part 1 and Part 2 from Season 6, Episode 26 and Season 7, Episode 1. I, holy cow, Sinois, what an episode that was. The light has come it's back great. to your life. The prophets have gone Everyone, everyone watching this, if you're not familiar, like, because I know a lot of the people in the chat are basically just watching it because it's nerdy up north and, you know, we're like, we're all a team and we're all having fun. But it's the fact that if you haven't watched this, go on Netflix, watch, like, Descent Part 1 and Part 2. It's a wonderful series, uh, like, a set of episodes. And it was an absolute joy to watch. It's, like, some of the best next-gen Trek I think there is, actually, This these two episodes. But yeah, but I'm really excited for Ship in a Bottle. Uh, we will watch that. Uh, we're gonna. The next episode is going to be pre-recorded, isn't it? It is going to be pre-recorded. And what I'm going to try and do, I'm going to try... Because... Uh, We'll be streaming uh, it on Friday, so you'll be active I, in the chat. Yes, I will try and do a premiere uh, on Friday at 7.30pm UK time. So that's 2.30pm Eastern time, 11.30am uh, Standard time. I'm getting good with these time zones, Sinoise. I will hopefully be working to do a premiere. So I will be all uh, joining you in the chat. Uh, I... I'm really going to be hating hearing my own voice, so I will probably be cringing uh, very hard. <laughs> Guys... Just just mute it yes I'll, I'll put the subtitles on and just wish for the best yeah. guys uh i would like to thank you all for joining today thank you to all the new chatters thank you to the regular mm -hmm. chatters thank you for nita christopher beth lee uh paul everyone mark we've got joe, so joe many. mark joe, all these wonderful mark, people you are, all, from beth. you are all genuinely wonderful wonderful people i have met so many of you uh from starting this podcast with Sinoise, it is absolutely, it means the world to me that you guys uh, tune in to watch our our episodes. Um, it really does. This is a passion project uh, for me. I I absolutely adore Star Trek. I would I would give the world to to just be a random dude in a random episode sipping a a Romulan ale in a bar somewhere to. Well, We'll get it sorted. There's plenty we of time. And I think the wonderful thing is that what we're seeing is the online community for Star Trek is amazing. It is wonderfully supported. It like is. we have Mark here, we have Joe here, we have Nita here. Yes. You know, you've spoken to so many lovely people and everyone wants to get engaged. And I think that's absolutely wonderful. It's such um, a wonderful I'm... fandom. 
Uh, we've got to mention that we've got to mention uh, Nerdy Up North are doing Star Wars on Sunday, aren't they? Yes, I was. I was going to get. I was going to get to that. So this Sunday, live uh, on this very own channel, this 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 very little channel here that you are on, Nerdy Up North will be discussing all things Star Wars. So that's at seven thirty p.m. on Sunday UK time. So again, two thirty p.m. Eastern time, eleven thirty a.m. Pacific time. I will be on there. And I am not wearing my Starfleet uniform because I do <laughs> not want to get flailed alive, anyone. I will be discussing uh, Star Wars with the lovely Nerdy Up North uh, podcast team, um, which is the lovely Paul, the lovely Sammy, the lovely Grant, uh, and many, many others. So please, uh, if you are not a fan of Nerdy Up North, if this is your first time, please give us a like, give us a subscription. All the links to what we do are down below. All the links to what Sinoise does is down below we are on facebook youtube twitter twitch we have a patreon we have the tick and the talk apparently but i'm not down with the youth snatch where are you everywhere <laughs> he is no, no, everywhere I, i've i've kind of got to go but basically uh, look at my social links below uh the velvet snatch.com i am on i'm also on the girl podcast g-u-r-l which is an lgbt plus Q thing. Um, uh, yeah, and we've just had some lovely episodes. We just interview, uh, put one out the other day, which was interviewing uh, Copper Top from season four of Drag Race UK, who was yeah. incredibly funny, like a very funny person. So yeah, go and check that out. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you in the next episode of this. We will see you in the next episode. Be sure to follow me on Twitter for all your Trek BS at Goodwill None. Follow Nerdy Up North on every single thing that you have. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Live long and prosper.